Hey, great to have you here this morning. Uh, wall to wall, filling it out, ready to say goodbye, right? And uh, man, we recognize you over there. We know you're with us. Good to have you in the corners with us here. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, hey, you know what? We've got some huge things going on today. It is goodbye Sunday in many regards, uh, but it's not just the end. It's the start of something else coming. A uh, huge day today of celebration. Uh, here's what I love. Today is also, you may not know this, today is also the second anniversary of Harvest Bible Chapel, Denver. Uh, we planted Denver two years ago today. Yeah, amen. So, uh, neat opportunity for us to just kind of package a whole big chunk of things together and be celebrating God. I talked to Jeff on Friday for a couple of hours as we talked through some things and prayed through some things. And uh, uh, they just hit over 400 people this last week. And God's really doing a stir there as well. So, uh, they're just starting to get them le- their legs under them, too. I mean, at two years old. So, still be praying for them as they get things going and trying to figure things out. Uh, what a great celebration. Hey, that's enough of Denver. All right. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're excited about what's going on here. Uh, I thought, what better way to end than to say, let's figure out how to do a strong remembering of what God's done. Let's leap out of this place and, and run for ministry in our new church home. All right? So uh, turn with me, if you will, to Joshua chapter 4. Joshua 4. We got ushers coming forward somehow. And uh, they've got Bibles in their hands. And uh, if you need a Bible, just raise your hand and they'll get one to you, all right? So uh, just raise your hand. They'll get a Bible to you. We're going to walk through this passage and uh, see what God has to teach. Uh, love going through the Word verse by verse. So if you need a Bible to do that, just keep your hand raised. They'll get to you. Joshua chapter 4, early in the Old Testament there. All right. So a little backdrop before we dive in. Never jump into a passage without knowing what's going on around it, right? So Joshua 4, what's happening? So what's going on right before it is uh, Joshua standing with all of Israel, and they're standing in the Jordan River, and and they're talking about this move over into the promised land, a a promise that had been made uh, long before. And in the last 40 years, they've been wandering in the desert. And as they've been longing and hungering for a final solution, uh, the water lapping at their feet, seeming all too familiar to another story they know of the Red Sea. And, and they're waiting for the miracle of the Ark of the Covenant and the priest to step out in, in chapter 3, verse 17. Now the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel was passing over on dry ground until the nation finished passing over the Jordan. They walked out with the Ark of the Covenant, and as their feet stepped out, dry ground. Waters go rushing back away from them. It said about 2,000 cubits, actually. So you're looking at more like a half mile spread away and, and this raging waters up and they're walking through on dry ground. That's where we pick it up in chapter four. All right. God has done great things in their life and he's now projecting them forward into a huge new life. Joshua 4, verse 1. So what should we be doing if we're going to thank God and remember God and celebrate God and all that he's doing? Well, first... Looking back, first point, looking back, in times of major change, take time to remember God's mighty hand. In times of major change, take time to remember God's mighty hand. That's looking back. Uh, You're not going to do well at celebrating God if you never look back and remember what he's doing. All right? So let's pick it up here in verse 1. This is a lot of story, and I'm just going to let God's word talk a lot of the time, all right? 
It says, when all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, pretty powerful moment. The Lord said to Joshua, take 12 men from the people, from each tribe, a man, and command them saying, take 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder. All right, let's just get our arms around it a little bit. So God says, do me a favor. I need you to go get something out of the river. Hey, the ark of the covenant is standing there still and the priests are holding it and everything is dry. You have a job. Uh, Get 12 guys, and I need you to go out and get 12 stones from that river, from that riverbed. And uh, we use the word stone. How big do you think a stone is when you hear the word stone? Yeah, give me the symbol. Right? We all think like this, right? Yeah, it's sort of a stone. Just remember, it says put it up on their shoulders. All right? It's not like they took a little pebble and they went, yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is a boulder and they're hoisting this boulder up and they're bringing it out, okay? They're bringing a very large rock out, each of the 12 men. What's the purpose of the 12 stones? Well, they're going to tell us in a bit, but God's creating a remembrance. God's making for them a little note to have been taken of what's going on. So these 12 stones, 12 men specifically selected, it says in verse 4, a man from each tribe. How'd you like to be that guy? Right? Joshua's like, I need a guy from the tribe of Levi. And it's you. Right? And the guy's like, oh, you're kidding me. And what do I need to do? Go get a boulder and pick it up. You're kidding me. What if I look weak in front of everybody? Or right? Great privilege, great honor. You want to make sure you honor God in it. And what a huge moment for these 12 guys to be going out and honoring God and honoring the nation by picking up 12 stones, a.k.a. boulders. Uh, Joshua, faithful to them, verse 5, just says, Hey, pass on before the ark. You're going to hear this phrase a lot today, uh, before the ark. The word before is used, and in the Hebrew it means one of two things. It either means leading the way or in the presence of. And you have to kind of be careful of what it might mean. You have to figure it out from the context. It can mean either one, and both are very accurate, all right? And so in this case, the ark has already been out in the water, and the waters have already separated away, and the ground is already dry. So from the context, it means get in the presence of the ark of the covenant. Why is that a big deal? Well, they were told when they were following the ark of the covenant to stay somewhere around a half mile away. There was a distance kept between them and the ark quite often. And, and so for them to go even near it is a big deal. And they're like, he's like, you have permission. Go near the ark of the covenant. But you're picking up a rock to represent. All right. So that's what's going on. Pass on before the ark of the Lord, your God, into the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder. According to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, that this may be a sign among you. The first step in looking back is to really create a remembrance, to keep a record. Uh, Make sure you're doing that. I'm not saying make a diary. That's a word that we use today in the setting, but it might be something like that. 
uh, writing down the, hey, this is when God rocked me moments. Make sure you record that. Make sure you keep that. Make sure you understand that. What's it look like for God to have worked in my family's life this week or this year? Record those moments. Keep a record. All right. That's the first part of this first piece in looking back. Verse 6 then, he says, not only will it be a sign, then he says, when your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. I love this little sentence. The waters were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. It describes the problem, the waters. It describes the victory. They were cut off like they were pushed back. A way was made for us, the solution. But then it describes the hero, the Lord. And make sure you've got those three in your story. The problem and the solution and the hero. And if the hero is mankind, make sure you rewrite your story pretty fast. You're not getting what's really going on. It's God who's doing the huge things and we need to respond to him and reflect on him and all that he's doing and make sure that you grasp what God's doing in your life. What a powerful moment for them to be challenged to say, answer to your children when they ask the question. These uh, stones are going to be put together as a memorial and they're going to force a question to be asked that you might be able to answer it in the midst. He says this covenant of the Lord, that's how he finishes that prior sentence, uh, the solution in the Lord. Then it says, when it, the covenant of the Lord, or the ark of the covenant of the Lord, passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. Forever. And be careful when we start to establish memorials. You know what the first thing human beings do? They start to worship it, not God. It starts to become all too important to get near the memorial. And we forget about being near our God. Hey, the memorial is nothing more than a remembrance moment. And uh, just be careful. When we look at our building that is now established and, and almost ready, and a few last pieces coming together this week, and, and uh, we're going to be in there uh, very much like a memorial for us, uh, that building is nothing but brick and mortar. And nothing happens because of that building. Everything happens because of our King and our Savior and our Lord. We worship God Almighty. And all of God's people said, that's what I'm talking about. We need to be about Him. And that place, it just means you don't have to be around behind us. That's what it means. It means that we can have all of us celebrating together in a space where there's room for us to be worshiping Him and thinking about Him. It's a memorial of things done And it's an indication of things to come. That's what we're looking for, that God might get the greater glory, all right? He says, And the people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded. It's always good when you're trying to remember the Lord to be obedient. You know what I'm saying? Trying to remember Him, but then doing whatever you want and ignoring God, that doesn't really go that well. There's not a lot of remembrance in it. There's not a lot of power in it. There's not a lot of change in it. Looking back involves not just reflecting on the event But it's handing your heart to them as well. Uh, They did just as Joshua commanded. And they took up the 12 stones out of the midst of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes to the people of Israel, just as the Lord told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged. By the way, that doesn't mean there was this really nice comfy lodge there. Where they slept on the ground and set up tents, right? And they laid them down there. Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan. 
in the place where the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. All right, let's just camp there for a moment. Uh, you need to know that this is a very controversial little passage. Uh, there are a lot of people that read this, and they're confused. They're like, hang on. There were like 12 stones supposed to come out of the middle of the river and be brought over. And those are going to be like put up where they camp. And, and then all of a sudden there's this other 12 stones or something going on. And Joshua's like putting them in the middle of the river. And what's that all about? And, and some people actually literally now say, see, I told you, God's word is wrong. Uh, they got confused and they didn't know which story to tell. And so they told two of them and they're letting you figure it out. And, and uh, just so you know, that's junk. All right, just say that with me. That's junk. All right, let's be clear. God's word's telling us exactly what we need to know. And so here's Joshua, and he hears from God. Those men need to take 12 stones over there and set them up. And it doesn't tell us Joshua was told anything more. He very well may have just said, cool idea. Like, I'm doing that too. And he's setting up for himself a response. Uh, he saw a principle being taught, and he's following through. It's at least that. It might be even more that Joshua was told something and we're just not told about it here. Either way, this is not a contradiction. In fact, in some of your translations, it'll say, and they set up another set of 12 stones in the middle. There's a word, another set of, to make it clear, okay? In the original language, there there is not a definite article. It doesn't say the 12. He just set up 12 stones, all right? And so there's two sets of 12. That's what's going on. It reads easily. That's what it is. Don't get caught up in it, all right? If you ever run across this passage again and you see it go in that direction, you're like, yeah, I've already thought about that heard about that god's word is right okay just hang there with it we have two sets of 12 one in the middle of the river i love this afterwards when the waters come back in it's going to cover them up right and so there's a remembrance down in the bottom of the river wouldn't you like to find those it says and joshua set them up in the midst of the jordan in the place where the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the covenant had stood and they are there to this day That was, by the way, when this was penned this day. Uh, Not sure if they're there now. Not sure what's going on there. But uh, for sure there was a moment of remembrance. And as the waters rushed over, I'm sure there was a strong statement of, and that place is now done. We took them from where we were, and they're buried in the Jordan. And we are now on the other side. And we have a remembrance of what was in the middle brought over with us. Our God has cleared the way. All right? Notice it says afterwards, uh, for the priests bearing the ark stood in the midst of the Jordan and everything, everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to tell the people according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua. The boxes had been checked. The list had been followed. God had been obeyed. Everything was complete. They had just now entered the promised land. Look back. And remember where you're going from and where you're headed to. It's a big deal. You know, there's been a lot that's occurred around here. I'm just going to throw a few things out. We had a a couple of people, three people that came down to this area for jobs back in 2005. And that's where this whole place started as a dream with three people talking and saying there's no harvest here. And maybe we should be a part of that. And some from here and some that came down from there, three people praying. 
And now we're what, 1,500 or something. Like, got it work. You know what I'm saying? And that three became 50 in a core team. And that core team became 478 at a launch. And that 478 became the 1,500 today. And the, the hundreds of baptized and saved. And God just doing a mighty work in this place. But, you know, I look at it uh, even in the last week. And there's been some really cool things that have happened. Hey, a week ago, we called for a fast. And uh, a fast. Some of us are like, yeah, I remember that day. <laughs> right? But it was a powerful time for our body to rally together corporately and go through something together from Wednesday night to Thursday. And, and uh, I just wanted to read to you a few responses I got in emails. Uh, we took our impact group. We sent out an email to our impact group and just said, hey, keep a running tab going. Tell us where you're at. And so people just wrote back and forth, and there's some from that that I'm going to read and some other. Uh, listen to this. This is one uh, from our impact group. Hey, fellas, great stuff so far. As for me, well, today's fast has revealed the extreme lack of dependence and urgency that I have had for the Lord in my life, and even right now. Without anything but the Lord to uphold me today, I have been dogging it. It's been a pretty convicting and telling experience. My reaction needs to be Jesus first and not by my own strength. Uh, Hearts being taught in the midst of a fast. Like we talked about it last week, fasting doesn't mean going without food. That's a diet plan, right? And at best a diet plan. Fasting means taking time to also be spending time with your God and having him speak to you. And may we remember the things that he's done. One of the other guys wrote, John 14, 21. And he who loves me, I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is Jesus quoting that. I will love him and manifest myself to him. Amazing verse, exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. Standing in awe as I experience the manifestation of our king upon us as we obey and seek him. I'm overwhelmed by him today. God moving in our body. So... This is the third guy. My fast was a little different than everyone else's. While everyone else got to sleep, I was up and at work all night. God has really placed on my heart over the fast that it's uh, each time I get hungry, I realize how easy it is to just be able to stop and get something to eat or grab something out of my cooler to snack on to make the hunger go away. I've been reminded how much of a convenience I can make of worldly things. A verse that's been on my heart all night is Romans 8, 6. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. I'm reminded that God is with us always. And I'm reminded not to turn to myself or the world for my strength. But to turn to God. God's working in our lives. Amen. Love to hear the stories. Praise God for this time of corporate fasting and prayer. Praise the Lord for his grace and mercy promised in Joel 2.13. Return to the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And in Isaiah 58.9, then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. God manifesting himself to us. Man, people drinking deep of a fast last week as we're getting prepared to move into a time with him, maybe like never before. And Lord, what do you have for me? And God, what do you have to train me? The last one is this. Uh, Closed out this incredible week of preparation and then fasting with a doxology from Jude this morning. 
Jude 24 and 25, to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you, uh, and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. It was a great privilege to turn my hunger pains into heartfelt prayers for each of you. My heart is overwhelmed. God moving in this body. Man, we need to take up notice that God is stirring. When is it time where you've been rocked? When is it time where God's done some things in transforming you? Maybe it was last week in the fast. Maybe it was some other time. Take note and write it down. Record and be ready to celebrate. Lord, I'm longing for you to manifest yourself to me. And I'm ready for you to rock my world. That God might get the greater glory. Amen? That's what we're talking about. Looking back and celebrating who he is. That's the first step. Second. Looking forward, looking forward, be prepared for future battles. Don't let your guard down. Be prepared for future battles. Don't let your guard down. He starts out here in verse 10. The people, well, they passed over in haste. All right, I find this very humorous. Can you imagine... I mean, at the moment where the water is pulled back, this is in the harvest season, okay? And so you got to picture these rivers are overflowing. They're running over the edges. They're running all over the place. As they walked up to the place they were supposed to cross, the streams are just moving through there. And they're looking at it going, how are we going to survive if we cross that? And the waters are so far back. How in the world? And God's going to have to do a miracle. And, and then the priests step out and touch. And the raging waters pull back and raise up. And it says they stood still and as these people are now walking through on dry ground with raging walls of water on either side they passed over in haste do you think so can you imagine you're walking across and like your little kid is next to you and you're like billy take my hand take my hand come on move a little faster Faster yet. Come on. Come on. Right? And everybody's moving across quickly. And they're moving a million people across the river. That God might get the greater glory. The people passed over in haste. And when all the people had finished passing over the ark of the Lord, uh, and the priests passed over before the people. Remember I told you you'd see that phrase a lot, right? Before the people. And, And so in this case, it doesn't mean ahead of them and first. It means in their presence again, right? How do we know? Well, because the people already went over, right? And so the people have passed over, and so now this phrase is used, and and so now the Ark of the Covenant comes over in their presence. The sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh passed over, armed before the people of Israel, as Moses had told them, taking command. Now, you need to know this. Those three tribes, Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they lived on the side of the Jordan that they didn't have to cross over. They were already there. Their property that they were picking up was on what's called the Transjordan side. They're already over in their property and they have home. But they were told by Moses, you will pack up arms and you will go with and help fight the battles for the nation of Israel. This is your property, but that's where you're fighting. 
And so get ready, you're going with. And so the tribes are mentioned here, Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Notice it says about 40,000 ready for war. 40,000. Why is that a big deal? Well, because if you actually add up the numbers from actually Numbers chapter 28, if you add up the numbers of those tribes, it actually comes to a total of 136,930. What's that mean? It means about a third of the people went to war across in the river. The other two-thirds stayed back to protect the property, keep the property, and work the property. And a third were going over armed for battle. God is making a message sent as these 40,000 armed men are coming over. He's saying, yes, this is the promised land. And no, it's not time to kick back and be comfortable. There will be battles waged. There will be war coming. God usually does not walk us through a great victory in order for us to be done for life. God walks us through a great victory in order to shape hearts and strengthen us and grow us for yet a greater victory to even come again. And that's what's going on. Heads up, prepare for war. Can you imagine what it looked like as 40,000 men, no children, no women, armed and ready for battle are crossing in front of them? Statement made to the people. About 40,000 ready for war passed over before the Lord for battle to the plains of Jericho. And on that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel. And they stood in awe of him, just as they had stood in awe of Moses all the days of his life. The miracle of God's hand had worked through him. And they respected who he was and what was going on. They were in awe. As a million people have crossed over, as men ready for battle and war have crossed over. It says, and the Lord said to Joshua, command the priest bearing the ark of the testimony to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priest, come up out of the Jordan. Don't you love the clarity of the Old Testament scripture? Hey, tell him to come up. So Joshua said, come up. He didn't make up his own thing. He didn't come up with some cool way to say it. It says come up. So I told him to come up. That's what I did. God said it. So I did it. So Joshua commanded them, come up out of the Jordan. And when the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came up from the midst of the Jordan, and the soles of the priests' feet were lifted up on dry ground, the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all of its banks as before. And they looked back and saw what God had done. These men came ready for war. And they're now on the other side. They came ready for war. Uh, How did they come? Ready for war. I'm telling you, when God does something big, we need to expect that something even bigger is about yet to come. And and God's done something big in our body already with moving and shaping in lives. And I'm telling you this, you better come ready for war. Are you hearing me? A spiritual battle is on. God's name and his glory are at risk. And we have one job to do. Not to be comfortable, but to lift him up. To God be the glory. I will stand in the gap no matter what it takes. Amen? Amen. Yeah, that was a good place for an amen. So, uh, hey, how does it look, Tim? What's that look like? You got a New Testament passage for this? And always good when we're reading the Old Testament to make sure we understand New Testament as well. And, yeah, Ephesians 6, verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. 
Ephesians 6, 11, it's really this battle cry right now. As you and I are getting ready to cross over to next week, and I want to be really careful because I don't want to overplay where we're going versus what they had, okay? Promised land, a little different than a building. Everybody say a little different. <laughs> a little different, okay? But nonetheless, a big transition in our lives, and we can learn some principles through this, all right? And a principle to be learned, be ready for battle. And we must... We must have our hearts prepared. Put on the whole armor of God. Be ready to pray and to long for him, to have a faith for him, to celebrate him with all we've got, that God might get the greater glory. May you take your place on the wall and may God be glorified. All right? Ready for war. It's an awesome passage. You know, great things have been done in this place. Uh, it was pretty emotional as I came in this morning. And uh, it's been a little over four and a half years at this place. And uh, we've seen God stir mightily. Uh, I know when I first came here in 2008, we were in a quarter ballroom. So put this thing down the middle, and this was our space over here. And it was long and deep, and and uh, and we made it work. And, and God was celebrated and glorified, and we grew to half ballroom, and now we're even growing out of half ballroom, and, and it's just exciting to see what God's doing, but numbers, a small piece of it. The fire in this place, it's stunning. Like, I'm telling you, I get lifted up every time I come near you guys, and I love it. As you're talking about what God's doing in your life and how he's challenging you, I love the fervor in this place. God is stirring among us. That's what we're talking about. A huge opportunity for us to get into a building and launch all the more into worshiping him. Know this, you are needed, all right? Two things. Uh, You're called to this week as a believer in Peoria. First, uh, it's going to feel like a gear shift, but get ready. Uh, You're called to vote. Hey, get ready to take a stand. You're a believer in a community who's been given a privilege in a democratic community to make your commitment be made. And we have a responsibility as a believing community to impact the community. And so do take advantage of voting this week, all right? Uh, Two quick thoughts about voting. Uh, If I'm going to go vote, what do I do, Tim? Well, number one, show up. That helps, all right? Uh, Number two, though, when you're going in, consider this. Vote. Not selfishly, what gets more coin in my pocket, uh, what protects me and my finances a little better for the next six months, but think more collectively and corporately, how is God going to be worshipped in this? I'm telling you, it changes everything. When you get done with it, I just ask you this, after you vote, just take it and say, Lord, I don't know a whole lot about some of these candidates and others I know a lot about, and I'm voting that you might move in this area. I'm telling you, you vote that way, it might change a few of your votes. And then you submit that and you see what God does. Just vote that way, all right? And let's see what God does. May God move. Remember Romans 13, our God places every leader in command. We will not bicker. We will not complain. We have a leader placed in charge and we will follow. It's not the guy I voted for. God's voting for him. Romans 13 and move with them. But hear me, we have a democratic community where we are allowed to move and God moves through the voting that happens. And so listen to God and vote. And let's see where God's taking us next. All right? Vote. That's an easy one. That's doable on Tuesday, by the way.
All right. And uh, the next one starts next Sunday and throughout the week coming up to Sunday. Um, my request is be ready and prepared. Put on the armor. Put on the armor. I need you to be ready for battle. All right. The best way to say it is we need warriors, not vacationers. We need warriors, not vacationers. Hey, we have tried in many ways to create an environment uh, over there that is uh, expandable, growable, uh, comfortable, and, uh, and that's not the main point. The main point is hearts and lives turn on fire for him. Amen? And, and please come ready for battle, ready to reach out and care for the people next to you, ready to pray that God might do mighty things, ready for the name of Jesus Christ to be lifted up, that God might get the greater glory. That must be our goal, prepared for battle spiritually. All right. Two things that we can do as we look forward, uh, getting ready to go vote and then getting ready to represent God by standing in the midst, prepared for battle that God might get the greater glory. That's looking back and looking forward. And uh, we'll have a message to tell. So number three is tell it well. Make sure generations to come know of what God has done. Tell it well. Make sure generations to come know of what God has done. Verse 19. The people came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. And they encamped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. They came up on the 10th day of the first month. Uh, Mark your calendars when big things happen. You know what I'm saying? Like thousands of years later, knowing the exact time it happened. Mark your calendars when God stirs and moves in your life. Uh, One nice marker for us is 11-11-12. As we move in next Sunday to our new church home. But what about when you were saved? And trusted in Christ as your Savior. What about when you uh, recommitted to Him and you became on fire for Him? What about when you maybe started coming to this church and learning about Him for the first time? What were some milestone markers in your life? And well, I don't know some of those, Tim. We'll start now. Carry a pen with you and record. Record it in your phone. You'd be amazed what those phones can do. Right? Use whatever tools you've got to mark what God can do and has been doing in your life. The tenth day of the first month, and they encamped at Gilgal. That means they set up tents, they lit bonfires, they hung out about two miles from Jericho. Now you and I know what Jericho is, and that's a place that they went to war. A place with walls so high that they could not infiltrate, and a place where they needed God to work to bring the mighty walls down. They crossed the river, and the first thing at hand was a war. Please hear me. We're called to battle. Be ready to tell well what God's doing. Be ready to camp out knowing that tomorrow might bring something big and look expectantly. I love it in verse 20. It says, and those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal because he was told to. And he said to the people of Israel, when your children ask your fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let the children know Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground for the Lord, your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over. So the Lord, your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over so that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. 
and that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Joshua's statement is simply this. I'm setting up 12 stones in Gilgal, and it's to remember God's mighty move. Make sure you tell the story well. A story told well, we've already said it once, but here's a story told well. It has a problem, it has a solution, and it has a hero. Make sure you've got your story able to be told well. Uh, when, we're sa- when we're saved and we trust Christ as our Savior, oftentimes I'll hear people say, I asked Jesus in my heart. And that's great. I understand what you're saying. You're building a relationship. But what was the problem? My problem is that I was a sinner. I was separated from him. I did my own thing. And the penalty payment was eternal separation. Problem. The solution Jesus Christ on the cross at Calvary, him for me. And because of Christ's death and resurrection, I have my faith in him and I am told now that I am clothed with his righteousness. I am forgiven for eternity. I have eternity with him. God, my hero. Amen. See what I'm talking about? Problem, solution, and hero. Make sure your story has those three parts and then God can do the rest. Uh, There's times where they may not hear you. There's times where you may be telling the world what's going on and they may not quite hear a piece of the story. Did any of you see the news this last week? And so they might not hear everything you said. And so uh, one of the news stations caught very well what was going on. And they played a, a video recording of some things I was saying. And they captured a God statement in it. And, and uh, really excited for how that came out. And, and another one of them kind of captured it from another angle. Uh, it dropped the hero part. Uh, but it captured what was given part. It captured the solution. And that's okay, but that's not where we stop. We don't stop with the solution. We have a building and we're happy for it. But we have a huge God behind it. And God has honored and glorified. And we're fine with the building. We're great with our God. Amen? Amen. That's what we're talking about. Amen. Amen. What happens when you approach it that way? Well, it says uh, they will see that the hand of the Lord is mighty and that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Relationship with God, him given the preeminence that God might be lifted up. That's our job to look back and celebrate what's there and be thankful. Record it, remember it, to look forward And to be able to simply say, Lord, I'm prepared for battle. What do you want done? And be ready to tell the story of what God has done. Please, what's going on right now and us moving into a building, I'm excited about it. But I'm excited about it for one reason. It gives us a chance to do exactly what we've been called to do. Make disciples. Build followers passionately worshiping Jesus Christ. And that's what we're here for more and deeper that God might get the greater glory. That's what it's all about. Hey, uh, as we think back, as we try to remember and grasp what's gone on over these six years, I just asked Larry to put together a little memorial for us in video format, all right? A story. And uh, so for you guys on the sides, you might want to slide along the wall if you want to, or if you can see it from behind and see it in reverse, that's great. Uh, all right? But we got a video we're going to play here. Just as you're watching this, be remembering this. Wow, God, thank you. Remembering and thankful. Let's check out what God has done.
Hey, a great remembrance of the last six years. Make sure you thank Larry Holt for that. Spent a ton of time on that this past weekend, putting that together. Just a nice remembrance of where we've been. I'm going to call our elders to come on up. We're going to close this thing out at Embassy with some prayer time and then some celebration. Amen? All right, so let's get some elders up here. And uh, as they're coming up, here's what I'm going to ask. Let's just take a moment. Let's bow our heads right here, right where you're at. Let's just take a moment to thank him for some things he's been doing in us. Praise him. And then we got some elders that are going to jump in and start praying. I'm going to close in prayer, and then we're going to close this out with some worship. Let me just open here. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We worship you. We celebrate you. We remember what you've done. We know where you're headed. We're on with you, God. Prepare us for battle that you might get the greater glory. Just take time now to thank God for who he is in your life and celebrate where we're headed next. Our gracious Father, may it be more about you and less about a building and less about us. May you receive the praise and the honor and the glory. May we constantly remember that it but be by your grace and your mercy. Father, we celebrate what you're doing here in this place. We celebrate the changed lives, and that's what it's about. It's about you receiving the greater glory in every area, in every arena, in every aspect, and in every way. May we never forget that. May we remember how faithful you have been to us as we continue to lift your name on high. Lord, this morning I remember as we started in Christian Center and Cade's Coffee and Basements and eventually the Bertha Frank Center where we launched and Remember the day when we found out that uh, we weren't going to be able to stay there and we didn't know where we were going to turn, Lord. And again, you proved yourself faithful as you always do, Lord, when you provided uh, this place. And Lord, we're grateful for the, the things that have occurred here, how you've moved in people's lives, how you've touched lives, how people have been saved, how people have caught fire. And Lord, we eagerly await with anticipation what will happen in our new home when you show your manifest presence there. And, Lord, we're grateful for all the hard work that went into this. And I particularly this morning think of Pastor Tim and, and uh, Chairman Belzer from the elders and, and the staff and all that's going on, Lord, as they have faithfully followed you. Lord, we are astonished by what you do in our lives. Not only is that battle that rages uh, among Satan and his minions, but it's also a battle for our heart, Lord, that uh, we need to uh, battle away those thoughts of comfort and pleasure. And it needs to be not about our comfort, but about our king. Lord, we love you and we thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we are just in awe of what you're doing, uh, the way that you're changing lives, Lord, That uh, the way that you're growing all of us. Uh, Lord, and whether uh, you were here six years ago, Lord, as part of that call, or you've only been here a short time, Lord, just help us to uh, sense with all of our hearts that you have us here for a purpose, Lord, that uh, uh, each person here today... Uh, has been called out by you, Lord, to be part of this ministry, to be part of what you're doing. Uh, help us to be found obedient to that, Lord. Help us to be found faithful. Um, help us to, to do as Tim has challenged us today, Lord, uh, to put on that armor of, of you, Lord, uh, to protect against the attacks of Satan. But, Lord, let's just celebrate uh, what you're doing, the way you're changing lives. Lord, we're so excited to see what you have for us in the near future. Dear Lord, we're so thankful. We've just seen the way you've moved. You've moved to open the door at Bertha for us to worship you there. And then when that was no longer available, how you opened the door here at Embassy. 
and how you saw how we were going to outgrow your work here, and you've made place available for us to move to next, and to all the challenges, the battles that have come with the physical needs and meeting uh, a portable church facilities uh, to make that all happen, and now the new battles and the challenges we'll have at a new facility. Just pray that you can always be big you, little us, and just put you first in everything you're doing here. Just take a moment right now where you're at. Thank him and celebrate him, and then I'll close. Father, Lord, we stand before you as people longing to see your hand move. We thank you for what you've done in the past, for the hundreds who have come to know you and trust you as Savior, for the even hundreds more who have been baptized and say that they want to stand with you and call you Lord and King publicly. And, Lord, we thank you that we have a body on fire for you. And in this moment, Lord, we are so thrilled to be moving forward, not just because there's a building, but because there's heat and there's fervor and there's a king and we're ready to serve you and worship you with all we've got. You have done great things in this place, Lord, and we worship you and celebrate you for it. But greater things are yet to come. We love you, Lord, and we know what you're capable of. We see your mighty hand, and we long to serve you for an eternity. And, Lord, we long to see your manifest presence do greater things still. May we see your hand move, God, as we faithfully obey. Teach us to remember, looking back, to long for you, looking forward, and to celebrate you in the midst. It's in your mighty name I pray. Amen.